What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. again i don't know we're losing again and welcome back to fuck you we like the Bengals. i'm your host alex schubert uh lloyd johnson is absent for the day so sitting in is a very special guest um former finalist on america's got talent introduce yourself hey it's ryan Miller. ryan Miller, cripple threat man how are you doing man we saw each other last weekend i think like a week and a half ago Indianapolis for weird socially distant shows. Uh, <laughs> doing comedy during this is the weirdest thing. It it's really is. Like I've been, I'm, I feel lucky to do any set because I haven't done a set since like early November. And like, you're, are you still headlining cl- clubs or something? Yeah, yeah, a little bit for like places that are open and places that I feel safe going. Um, you know, that's also part of it too. There are some places that are technically open, but I'm like. I don't know how comfortable I feel going to Florida right now. Oh, and, yeah, because Florida doesn't have so. Florida doesn't have any COVID laws, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad that at least a lot of places are taking personal responsibility. Yes. But I think you could still do, like, you put 100,000 people in a football stadium right now, and it's not illegal. Yeah, Luckily, I, mean, you no, put, I don't think anyone's doing that, no. but you can't do that, which is weird. Like, you can have, like, sick, or you can have a two grand at a church event in Tulsa. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, not, not to get too dark, but if they're that excited to meet their Lord, they're doing their best to speed <laughs> that along. So. Yeah. I mean, you've performed for some pretty big audiences. I'm pretty sure in the millions. Uh, I mean, not like all in the same room. Yes, not all in the same room. <laughs> but that's a, it's a little different, but yeah. I mean, I'm sure Simon Cowell felt like at least 100,000 people. Yeah, like, like it, it was weird with that, because, like, maybe I was too stupid to be, like, intimidated by him, <laughs> but I kind of just figured, like, like, it was part of, you know, I would rather perform for a judgmental Simon Cowell than three drunks at a redneck bar in Iowa who don't know it's comedy night. <laughs> if I can survive that, Simon Cowell's nothing. Yeah, all right, so, little context for the listeners, you came in uh, third place on America's Got Talent. That's yep. insane. Congratulations, dude. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so, a, the third most talented person in America. Yes. You're technically, Victor. second most talented person because one of them was a choir, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, well, if you want to go that way, technically, I'm like the 84th most talented person, but uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Yes. So how did that start? Like, you went on, and first of all, do you ever get tired of talking about this? Not really. Um, it's one of those things that I'm just glad anyone wants to talk about me at all. <laughs> so if, if, that's the, uh, if that's the avenue right now that people want to talk about, hell yeah. Dude, go um, for it. I mean, it was such a cool thing that like no one gets to do. You know, it's, it's such a rare thing to not only even just get on the show, but have the run I did. So that's I, insane, I don't take that man. for granted. I'm very grateful that I even had the chance. So. Yeah, and I gotta give you props for that, dude. Because like performing for, like, literally, how many people in that theater were there? Uh, so for the actual events of the audition, there's about four thousand people. Okay. Um, for judge cuts, they do that at a sound studio or like a TV studio at Universal Studios. Okay. So that's only about four hundred, which is still a decent chunk. It's bigger than any uh, crowd I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then the live shows, the last three rounds, those are all done at the Dolby, Dolby Theater, which I think is anywhere, it's like between twenty five and 3,000. Oh my god. 25 to so, 30,000 yeah. or 2,500 to 3,000? 2,500 to 3,000. Okay, Sorry. got it. Yeah. No, you're good, you're good. But yeah. then the first, like when you realized, because Gabrielle Union was the one that was like, I want to see more of you, right? Yeah. And like, that's that's had to have been like, when did it set in, like, oh my god, I could actually do this? Yeah. For, for me, it was it was a really weird experience, because like, I've been trying to get on the show for five years before I actually did. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, so, so it, it wasn't just like a thing where I was like, oh, this seems neat. I'll go <laughs> try. Like, I, would, I had actively been trying, so I thought that was going to be the best vehicle for me. And um, it really didn't set in until I was actually in the middle of that first audition's performance. Yes. So kind of like like beforehand, like you don't really know what to expect, and, and like I, I don't want to like make it sound like I was just like so cool and calm. No, you're fine. I was definitely nervous, but for me, when there's things that like it was such an unknown quantity, it wasn't the type of nervous where I was like, oh shit, this is <laughs> oh my god, yeah, you know, it's like you know, make like, it or break it. Expect, so I didn't know what to be scared of. Yes, <laughs> you know. Um, well, when I actually got up there and started performing, and I was about midway through my set. And they kind of edited it a little bit differently, but uh, I got a standing ovation in the middle of my set. Really? And, yeah. And, and I think, like, during that joke, when everyone stood up, like, in my brain, I kind of went, oh, fuck. This is, <laughs> this is maybe a little bit bigger than I kind of had convinced myself it was when I first started. Because I remember hearing the, the judges' comments. I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this could be a run. This could be a thing. Because I remember, like, the way they edited it, the, they made it seem like that you got a standing ovation, like, at the end of your set. Yeah. But I had I no idea there. it was, like, the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to sound like, I don't want this to sound like I'm, like, humble bragging or anything. No. But I think by the time it was over, I think the way, because the actual process, like, the comments and stuff, it takes a little bit longer than what they show on television, because they kind of get to the, they're a little looser during those. Yes. Uh, for the auditions. Um because I actually made uh, Simon Cowell and uh, Julianne Huff curse, which was nice. Really, <laughs> Simon Cowell <laughs> yeah. cursing? Who would have known? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he he called. I like so I made the comment about bookers. Like sometimes, like I would do well, and they'd be like, "Yeah, oh, we still don't want to book you. You're not really what we're looking for." Yeah. Um. So yeah, our uh, Julianne Huff was like, "Those guys are assholes," <laughs> <laughs> and obviously they cut that part. But and then Simon Cowell was like, "Yeah, they're dicks too." 
So that was kind of cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And then the run. So how many minutes of material do you think you did in total on the show? 13 to 15, somewhere around there. For the actual, for season 14, and then when you add in champion. So it was probably around 20 minutes. Okay. And then, and then right after the show, I remember the weekend after finals, you were at Wiley's. Yep. Right away. I, I flew, the finals were on Wednesday. I flew home Thursday. Was at Wiley's on Friday. That's insane, because I remember I the line. The I remember you were in... Uh... <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Because I went to the show because I work um, when there's not a pandemic about a mile from Wiley's. So I'm like, I'll stop by. And I remember we were in the bar area and some lady saw you. She's like, oh my God, it's you! <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, yeah, that's what you bought tickets for. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah, that, that, that's been a strange thing, too. Like, obviously, during the pandemic, that's not happening as much because there's yes. not as many live shows and things. But, yeah, it, it was just wild that even for, like, a little bit of time, people were just, like, so excited that, you know, because you don't feel yourself that way. You, like, you know the struggle you went through, and you just kind of – I still see myself as – same person who was sleeping in his car to get the gigs yeah. and all that kind and of stuff. And doing Wiley's for like, for like 15 people. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I, I had like Wiley's before that weekend before. Yeah. And maybe sold 70 tickets the entire weekend. I hosted, <laughs> you know? so I hosted like, one and there were 30 people the entire weekend. Yeah, it's just, it, it's tough, but people don't understand that this business is a grind and... You know, like like for a lot of people, they're just like, oh, this guy came out of nowhere. And he's just this overnight sensation. Like, no, I grinded for a long time, 14 years in now. Yeah. You know, and I was 12 years in when I got AGT. So there, there's a lot more to it than just show up on TV and now suddenly you headline. Like, you don't automatically become good the moment you show up on NBC. Exactly. Like, Terry yeah, Crews yeah, didn't give you the magic touch. There. Yeah, it's... It's wild, man. It, it was a, a wild experience. And the fact that it's like, obviously things have been a little different this year with everything going on, but it's still cool just to be in that position and and have people care. That's insane. But, man, I got to give you props for that, dude. That's just such an insane run that you had. Like, you were like, for the Midwest, you're like, I know, like, I barely knew you at the time. I'm like, I know that guy. I talked to you about fucking everyone, man, so... Keep up the yeah, good, keep yeah, up the good work, man. Yeah, I think that threw a lot of people off too, because like, like I live in Southern California now. Yes, but at the time I was still living in Indianapolis. Like I'm an old Indiana kid. Yeah, and and I think when people would see me around town there, they would be surprised because I think 
like the jaded thought when people say like, oh yeah, I'm from Indianapolis. I was like, hey, he probably lived in Indianapolis, but he lives in LA or New York now, like everyone trying to make it does. And yeah. Like, no, I was still I was still living in Indy, just shopping at Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing all that. So living the old Indy so, life yeah, going it was to cool to do that from uh, from a place like that too, where I felt a little more comfortable. Yeah. But dude, congratulations. And I wish there was a, during that place, I wish, this is a segue into the reads, by the way. I wish it was a place that I could bet on, like, how far you could have could have went in AGT. Because if I put money on you to, like, go further and further, I could have made some serious cash. <laughs> well, there, there were some websites, because, like, I couldn't help, but, like, during the thing, I was Googling a lot of stuff about AGT. <laughs> um, I don't know if there was actually cash bets, but I know that there was, like, there's a website, it's called, like, goldderby.com. Okay. they do, like, kind of odds games and things like that. So they'll do it for for reality, you know, competition shows like ADT. They'll do it for the Oscars and Golden Globes. Okay. That, that. So, like, you kind of, like, sign up for that and you get points based on, like, oh, if you pick this person to get third place, you get... So, like, there's things like that. I'm sure, just like anything, you know, you can bet real money on probably everything yes <laughs> i didn't actually uh, i didn't see any of those yes but um I, I will tell you it helped motivate me a little bit because uh, the way that uh like i, I want to kind of make this clear yeah um, i love agt fans even when they're passionate like yes there are some people that are so behind me and were so pulling for me that's insane that, like, it's very cool and, and i appreciate that passion but a lot of times what happens with when you're passionate about the things i compare really hardcore agt fans to hardcore pro wrestling fans <laughs> aka comedians exactly where, where they think they know a little bit more than they actually do yes they, they, they know just enough to not know what they don't know kind of thing <laughs> if that makes sense yes um, so, so I remember going on like the uh, the kind of AGT Reddit page, and it's not like an official AGT page, but it's like where all the AGT fans talk. Oh, about you would just it. lurk. What's that? Would you just lurk on those pages? Like, man, they're talking about me, and I'm getting like a hundred upvotes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, sometimes like the positive stuff was cool, but like you got so many people who were like, you know, like after I did my finals performance, like. Everyone was like, yeah, he was like the 10th, but he was 10 out of 10. He was the worst. Oh, my God. And, and, and in my head, I was thinking, like, everyone can have their own personal opinion. I never get mad if anyone doesn't like me because there's you, plenty of popular Who gives a shit? You're making like. money. You, you don't give a shit anymore. It, exactly. But it was still one of those things, like, even just looking from, like, how that show works, I was like, there's no way I'm not top five, which is how it works. You know, it, it, people, again, they know they know too much to not know. I'm like... They, so they think whatever they think is how America thinks. And I was like, no, America was all about what I was doing. <laughs> so it's it very awesome. interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, even looking at the context of sports and football, how many, you know, odds makers and, like, fantasy football gurus have just shitty weeks? You know, it, it's part of it. Sometimes you can't predict. Like, like I, I know a lot about football. I don't win my fantasy football league every week. I'm going to get into that after the ad read. Because I got screwed last night. (laughs) Did you see the game? Uh, I I, I was not following along. uh, I'm one of those kind of newfangled people who doesn't spend money on uh, on cable. (laughs) So I do a lot of ESPN game cast. Yes. 
following that stuff. But yes, if I if there was a place I could bet on how far you go on AGT, I'd I'd go to bet online. I would yeah, I would honestly yeah, it, it, it was one of those things like when I was uh, when I was on the show and like when I find when I found out I was gonna get to audition, maybe this was just blind confidence, but like I was like, I'm gonna make the finals. Yeah. I didn't know I didn't think like I wanted to win. I was actively trying to You didn't win, know how good Cody Lee was gonna be. Well, yeah, that too. I mean, and, and plus, just like the way that that show is set up, it's not designed for comics to do well. Yeah. So it's going to be really hard for a comedian to ever win that because the, the issue is a lot of people who watch that show don't think comedy is a talent, and, and it's hard to overcome that. Yes. Because uh, the, 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 this is how I kind of describe it to people: why I don't think a comedian will ever win. Um, say someone's a juggler. Yep. And you hate jugglers, Alex. I you could still more watch, or less. You could still watch a juggler on AGT, and even if you hate juggling, you could be like, okay, at least he. I can tell he worked hard. He practiced. He's good at what he does. I just don't like this. Yes. With comedy, since all you do as a comedian, as far as how people look at it, you're just standing and talking. Yep. That that that's how. If people don't understand like what all goes into writing jokes, yes, they just be standing and talking. So if they don't think you're funny, that means in their eyes you're talentless. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they just don't have that opinion of you know like okay this just isn't for me. They just go well okay, I didn't laugh and all he does is stand there and talk. That means he's useless. Yes. So I'm not voting for him. That's why it's going to be really hard for a comic to get over the hump. So for me to get third, I was so happy with that. Yes. But I think if I wanted to bet on like a com- or on a comedian winning, I go to bet online. You know because the wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams starting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. But yeah, dude, AGT was crazy. The betting thing was crazy. So I was getting to this with uh, with betting. So the Seahawks Eagles game happened last night. You were following along with it. Yes, I was. Yeah, I had uh, I had Miles Sanders and the Eagles defense playing. <laughs> so, so I was very uh, my Miles Sanders has been very uh, feast or famine this yes. year. He was hurt he for a while, had... wasn't he? What's that? He was hurt for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, he was hurt for a little bit. And, and the issue that why he's so feast or famine. Seems to be the eagle. The Eagles are such a heckle and jive, uh, or uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde team this year. Yes, where it's like they they either play really well and they're kind of into it. Like like last night's game, like the, the score ended up being a lot closer. But the Eagles or uh, the Seahawks, the first half of that game were dominating. Yes, dominating. Like they they they. So they're not going to run the ball with Miles Sanders at that. Wentz point. was terrible the first half. Awful. He's been awful all year. He was. He missed he, a lot of throws yesterday. Yeah, he, he's someone that uh, I'm very fortunate that I was. I took a flyer on Justin Herbert oh. for my fantasy team because Wentz was my guy. I'm in a, a, a dynasty league, so oh. for three or four years because I had him for a low price. Okay, uh, this is probably gonna be the last year I keep him just because I, I took a flyer on Herbert and he's worked out really well so far. He's been fantastic. So the um, I've been getting into like actual sports betting recently, and the line for the game 
was the Seahawks were favored by six and a half. I labored. Oh, you know where this is going. <laughs> you know where this is going. Ouch. So, <laughs> so for the majority of the game, the Seahawks had beaten the spread. And in the fourth quarter with like how much, like 20 seconds to go, Carson Wentz throws up what I can describe. He just pulled a rabbit out of his ass okay. and somehow completed a Hail Mary, tipped off of Travis Fulgham to Richard Rodgers, who caught it one-handed. And I'm like, all right, they're going to kick a field goal and, and the Seahawks will still cover the spread. They're going for two, aren't they? And they made the two-point conversion and they lost. And the, the Eagles beat, they covered the spread. So a lot of people lost out on money. Like, there was a story of one dude who bet, I think, and I'm not making this number up, $500,000 on the Eagle, or on the Seahawks to beat the spread. And that two-point conversion cost him. Yeah, for people like that, I generally don't feel bad about. Like, that sucks. That's a bad beat. I don't yes. want to, like, play that. But if you have a half a million just lying around that you could bet on a pretty meaningless Monday night game in the in middle of an NFL 12? season, you're probably okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not saying that doesn't hurt, but you're probably okay it, if you have a half million to burn for that. I, I bet 50 on it and it killed me. Uh, yeah, you don't get to... You don't get to pay rent now. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to have a conversation with my landlord about that. <laughs> That's honestly been one of the biggest reasons that I've never got. Like, like uh, uh, my family and a few friends, we do a, uh, a pick em every year. Yes, I'm into that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're part of that too. Yes. And, and I, I usually do pretty well on that. Like, I think I have a pretty good eye for spreads naturally. But I think a lot of it is because I, I don't overthink it because there's no actual money on the line. Like you know, yeah. there's a you know there, there's a cash payout. We all put like twenty five bucks in, and then at the end, so there's a little. But that's not like that's not not pay your bills money because yes. you accidentally put five hundred thousand dollars on the Seahawks. Yeah. So uh, I, I think like I love like stuff like gambling as a concept. It's why I don't do it. Because yeah. I definitely have my personality. The second I got like that first like kinda win, I'd be like, All right, thirty thousand dollars, huh? <laughs> Here we go, you know. Cause I I'm like guy, so I just stay away. Because what gambling does is like if I bet a hundred dollars and win eighty dollars, I lose twenty dollars but still feel like I won. Yeah, you feel like you did. You are you almost got it. You almost had the right yes. thing. You know, you were, you were close. Like this past weekend I I do fan do I've like I've I've usually either broken even or lost a little bit of money on FanDuel, but like this weekend I had a contest out of like 132,000 people and came in 366th. It was like a $1 entry, but I still won like 12 bucks because I had Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Which yeah, that'll just, do it. <laughs> Tyreek put up the best game. I've One of the best games I've ever seen. Yeah, like that was that first half. The first uh, quarter? Like, I thought he, I, I thought he had a legitimate chance because, I mean, they air it out. That's what they do. I thought he had a legitimate chance to beat the old uh, Flipper Anderson yardage record. Yeah, it was he like, had what? like what, 240 or something like that in the first half? 200, 200 or so in the first quarter. Yeah, it was insane. And yeah. the record's, I think, like, what, 336, yeah. I think, is what Pretty Flipper close. Anderson had. So, 
So I, I'm a big like like it's the reason I love sports. I'm a big like stats and records. Oh, me guy. too. Like I love that. That's why I love fantasy that. so much. Yeah, and I'm a huge baseball fan. Like like I love football. Baseball's probably slightly ahead as like my number one. Yes. And it's because there, there's so much. You know, it's literally over a hundred years of numbers and stats. And if you love that kind of stuff. Sports is amazing for it. Billy DeVore, former host. I don't know if you know Billy DeVore, former host of the podcast. Yeah, yeah he's uh, he hosts a podcast. Actually, they're on the, they're on the same network as us called The New Nasty Boys. It's kind of okay. a rad thing. Billy and uh, Lee Kimbrell, they're the two hosts of it. They are Billy is one of the Billy's the biggest baseball nerd I know. He knows practically yeah. everything about it. So yeah, it, it's it's fun. I, if it's something. Uh, if you, if you like, I said, if you love numbers and you love like stats and history and that, baseball probably has the, the lock on that as far as like overall. Yes, because they're very concrete you know, numbers. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. That, that was one of the reasons why I originally got into football is because I, I started. Uh, uh, I remember it was uh, I got a copy of Tecmo Super Bowl for the NES. Bo Jackson <laughs> back in the day. We'll talk and about had, that like, in a the sec. That, like tracked your stats. Oh, like the season. football games really didn't do that up until that point. Like you couldn't like do a season, really. Yeah, where I kept track of your numbers, and so for me getting to see that, then my brain's like, oh, I'm going to see how many passing yards I can get in a year, how many rushing it. Like that really kind of triggered my love of football. Yes, that was probably Madden for me. Yeah, Madden and the Bengals having a finally. De- they went from the first year I watched the Bengals. The the year before they went two and fourteen. And then they went 8-8 eight and eight the next year, and I'm like, all right, Sean Salisbury's in on the Bengals. I'm in on the Bengals, too. <laughs> and you're a Dolphins guy, right? Yeah, so, so we both know frustration. Yes. Yes. You guys are doing a little better than us. Um, but before we talk about uh, football, you, you just brought up uh, Tecmo. You're a, big, you're a real big video game collector guy. Yep, that is, that is my thing. Really? So, so, so if, I have, uh, if I have one uh, monetary vice... You know, a lot of people, you know, we talk about gambling. A lot of people, that might be what they spend their money on. A lot Mine's takeout. Exactly, exactly. I mean, everyone has their thing. A lot of people do it with, uh, with like, alcohol and stuff like that. When, like, bars were still open. A lot of people, like, hey, Shots open for everybody. Weekend. That's what they do. Yes. For me, it's video games. I, I love, um, it, it kind of goes back to a little bit of that, like, sports tie-in with, like, numbers and stats. Uh, I also, I love checklists. So for me, like, like I, I, I obviously love playing video games. You know, I don't just, I wouldn't buy video games at the rate I do if I didn't enjoy playing them as well. So let me get that out there. Yes. But, but there, there's something really interesting to me about, you know, there was only a finite amount of Super Nintendo games made. Yes. And they're out there in the wild somewhere. So when I'm on the road, when that's a thing. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of comics are out, like, drinking or trying to, you know, pick up strange women or... You you're know, at the antique store. Or you're at the video game store. I go, I try to find, like, mom pop video game stores and grab some stuff for the collection. Like, that just makes me happy. Um, I'm a little sad right now. Most of my stuff has to be in a storage unit because uh, I don't have my house yet. <laughs> uh, still in a small apartment, but... It's just, like, I, I love doing it. I think I'm up to, like, 2,500 games right now. That's so, nuts. Yeah, it's and it's not even close to what the highest is. Really? Like, some of the people's collections. Yeah, I think the world record is somewhere around 25,000. Holy dick. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. And that, that's a lot of money, too. 
Because, because, like, like my, like, not, not that like that's the end all be all, but like monetarily, my collection's worth a decent amount. There's people who have individual games that are worth more than my entire collection. So, oh, like, like, what game would that be though? Uh, usually, what's considered the holy grail game is a game called Stadium Events for the original Nintendo. Okay. Um, all, all the game is, it, it's literally the exact same game. Uh, if you remember the, uh, I don't know how old you are, so you might not remember this. But Super like, Nintendo was very man. young, and then Nintendo 64 was like what I grew up on. Nintendo 64 and GameCube. Got it, got it. Okay, so, so there was a, the, uh, a peripheral that was made uh, called the Power Pad, and it's basically like, it was like an early version of stuff like D&D. Yep. Kind of where you were a running mat, and you would literally, like, run on it, and you would do, like, racing events, you'd do, like, hurdles and things like that. Uh, it, it was a cool kind of proof of concept, but it wasn't really great. The technology just wasn't there yet. Yep. So, it eventually, Nintendo had that, and they released it with their consoles and a triple disc, where it was Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, and World Class Track Meet. Yep. That was what the game was. World Class Track Meet originally was a game called Stadium Events that Nintendo bought the technology for so that they could package it with new NESs. Okay. So so the game Stadium Events was only, it, it was very low profile, it didn't really have any advertising, no one knew what it was, it was sold on shelf, like the information's a little cloudy because people weren't paying attention to this back then, okay. video games were still poor enough where they didn't care, but it was on the shelves for maybe a week if that, and no one really bought it because no one knew what it was. Okay. So, so there's something like maybe 10, if that, complete copies that are known to exist. Really? Of Stadium. They were taking, like when Nintendo bought the technology, all the games were pulled off the shelves. Yep. So there's only, like, I, and I might be a little cloudy with that exact number, but there's something like, there's a very, very small amount of actual in-box copies that exist. Um, and what would you say the price range on that is? Yeah, um, now it's gone way up. I have a buddy who, he has a complete NES collection in box, um, which is very cool. And, and he got most of his stuff. He, he he started collecting like in the 90s, so he got ahead of the price ranges before anyone knew these were worth anything. Yep. It, he still paid $25,000 for stadium events. Wow. At this point, he could probably, because he has one in box, like it's a perfect copy. He could probably sell it for at least a hundred grand now if he wanted. To. That's insane. So people have video game collections that are upwards of a million dollars. Would you say? Yep. Yep. I, Absolutely. I could not even fathom that because I had like, I thought what I had was a decent video game collection. It was like it could fit in like a fucking tote bag. Yeah. <laughs> and I know because they all got taken from me. Because um, I lived in a shitty part of town. Yeah. But yeah, that'll do it. Yes, and then I started, like, recollecting a little bit. I have, like, I'd say, like, 25, 30 games, but they're all, like, my favorite games from my childhood. Like, I grew up on N64, like, Super Mario Brothers. I know, I, like, my video game calling card is I can speedrun that game. That's the, that's the only thing I know how to do. Um, but then I also have, like, Mario Kart, Mario Party, just the basics for the N64 and the GameCube and all that shit. So we actually talked about this at Helium. What would you say is your favorite game? My favorite game ever, easily, is uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo. Nice. My, is Ocarina of Time is definitely in my top five. Yeah. 
Uh, Ocarina of Time is, is like, it's weirdly, and it's something I'm taking care of in 2021 because I'm doing a, a charity thing that I'm going to announce soon. Okay. But Ocarina of Time is one that I, I have weirdly never played that game. It's fantastic. Oh, I know I need to. There, there was just this brief period. So, like, when I was a kid, I had NES as my first console. Then I got a Super Nintendo. So I had a lot of hours in both of those. And then when I kind of got to high school, it was one of those things. That's kind of when N64 was coming out for me. That was more one of those things that I was more concerned with, like, hanging out with my friends. And, yep. like, so I, I just kind of fell off of video games for a while there. I still played some of my old stuff. There were just certain games that I just played that were, like, in a routine. Yeah. But I was like, more into pro wrestling. And, like, that. that's kind of where my nerddom went yep. at that time. Yep. So, like, I missed most of N64, like, early PlayStation most of GameCube. Yep. I just wasn't into it. And then kind of when I started getting back into video games, like really hardcore again, was more like, you know, Xbox 360, PS3. Oh, yeah. that time frame. So I had this like little bit of a blind spot where I'm still catching up on actually playing those games. So uh, Ocarina of Time will be one that I'm getting taken care of in 2021 for sure. It's a masterpiece, dude. Because it's like, it's full of, it's got a fantastic story. It is Full of puzzles, and you, I feel like you'd be like a guy that's like a puzzle video game. It's it's yes. way up there, but it's got full. It's full of puzzles and just hidden things. And the ending, the ending of the game. Spoiler alert for our listeners: it's like everything comes together. Like every there's like five dungeons or so, um, but they all come together at the end of the game. You like you'd be like this one. You beat the Hyrule Castle, and there's, like, five little mini-levels that you beat, and they're all, like, you have to beat the Shadow Temple to be, to unlock this one. You have to unlock, beat the Fire Temple to unlock this one. It's unbelievable, and I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, the only thing I'm a little bit worried about with, like, that era of games is, um, graphically, they don't hold up well. Yeah, and the because- camera can be kind of funky. The camera's perfect on Ocarina. Yeah, Super Mario uh, 64, the camera's weird. It takes a lot of adjusting, to. It was, like, the first video game that, like, really yeah. used that, like, behind-the-guy camera angle. Yeah, yeah, it, it's one of the things, like, I, I never fault games for, like, not having figured it out the first time around. Yes. Because, obviously, this, it was really, on, on like, at least a, a wide-scale um, basis, it was kind of the first time that, like, that 3D environment was really tackled. Yes. So, so the, the, way, the way that I was going to describe it is like, you know, old like 8-bit and 16-bit, those like pixel graphics, yep. hold up really well today. They're still beautiful because they're kind of cartoony. Yes. And cartoons don't really age the same way. It has, like a, it has a simplistic nature to it. Exactly. Like, like you can play Super Mario World now for the Super Nintendo. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. Mario 64... It's a little different. Uh, yeah, I remember the first very time blocky. Seven, my mind was blown away the first time I played Final Fantasy VII because I was like, "They look like real people, and they're moving around a real space." Yeah, the fire that came up now, it's real. You really got to power through how it looks. It's, like you, like look like, at all blocks. It's it's weird. Like, like it's still a great game, but you kind of have to play it in spite of the graphics instead of. Because of the graphics. Yeah, like, look at old Madden games. Like, think about how, like, yeah. lumpy the players were. Like, 
they're pretty, they're great now. I mean, the Madden games have kind of, like, fallen off. I don't know how much people care about them anymore. But, like, the old retro Madden games, they're just, like, like to a fault blocky. Yeah, but at the time, we were like, hell yeah, they're looking like real people now. <laughs> you know, it's just how it works. Yes. But yeah, dude, that's that's insane. Uh, what's your other than stadium uh, stadium events? Is it? Yes. What's the dream? What's the game like you've heard is like way up there, but you haven't played yet besides Ocarina? Um. So as far as like games that like I'm trying to collect, because like most things, if you want to, like I don't advocate this because I'm a collector, but I, if this isn't me like advocating. you're a bad person if you do it. You can emulate so much of that old stuff and just download it on the internet and play it. So, but, but for me, I want to actually own the thing. I like to display as much as I like to play. Like, yes. that's an important thing for me. Just a flex. Um, exactly, yeah. It's a, it's a cool, like, like I have, like, uh, my girlfriend and I are in the early stages of looking to buy a house. Yeah. I basically told her, you can have the other 80% of the house. That's fine. You can do whatever you want with it. We can decorate it however you want. I need just a big-ass space that I can build my game room. That's it. You can do everything else is your call. If you want to put a pool in, hell yeah, we'll put a pool in. I don't care. <laughs> one, of my, you want. one of my best friends has a video game collection. It's actually, like, fairly impressive, but I think it's, like, maybe in, the fa- in like, a couple thousand. I'm not sure, but it's, like, he has, his entire basement is dedicated to Nintendo. Like, he has, like, five TVs down there, and one of them is, like, one of those older TVs that, like, syncs up to an N64. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that is the goal. Like that's the dream of my of what I want to do. Because um, I, I think it just looks cool, and it's just like it's fun to have that experience. Like like for a lot of people, they don't care. They just want to hook up a, a PlayStation to their TV, and that's fine. Like it takes all kinds. For me, I'm sort of trying to recapture my childhood a little bit. Yes, uh, we grew up dirt poor. Um, you know, we we had games. Like I obviously got to play some stuff, but a lot of stuff like you had five games at any given time and you better play the hell out of those games because you can't just go get a new one yes. whenever you want you know so um that's kind of what i do so i'd say for me if there's like one kind of holy grail game for me right now because you know eventually i would love to have it but stadium events just isn't a practical dream right now yeah you know i i'm I don't even own a house yet i'm not gonna put a hundred grand into a video game that's not even that good <laughs> you know <laughs> just because um, it's rare Exactly. So, so the one that I would say that I probably des- most desperately want that is at least semi reasonable price is a game called Little Samson for the original Nintendo. Okay. Um, it is pretty rare. The the a cart alone is still going to cost you probably twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars. Yes. Um, but it's it's legitimately a good game. It's one most games if they're pricey, it's because no one bought them because they're terrible. Hmm. Chances are, if a game is rare, it's because the game is garbage. That's why no one bought it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's just how it works. Little Samson's one of the uh, the interesting ones where it's it's it came in late in the Nintendo cycle. Super Nintendo was already out, so people just weren't buying NES games as much. Yeah, and and, and it's and it's the weird game. Like it's not from a major. You know, it's not in the Mario franchise. It's nothing that like it's just this weird kind of offshoot game. That's a lot of fun, and uh, that's kind of like my my grail game right now. Yes. So before we get into the football talk, I saw this thing on Facebook pop up yesterday, and I want to ask you this question. When Nintendo World, like the theme park, 
is a thing and you can go. When are you going? Have you seen it yet? As close, as close to day one as possible. Yes. Because uh, I saw it's like coming out in Japan next year, but it's going to be in like Orlando or some shit next. Like, yeah, the Universal Studios. Uh, they're doing the early building of it. Obviously, COVID has sort of slowed a lot of that down. Yes. Because um, I, I think the one in Japan was supposed to open in September. I think yeah. it was already supposed to be open by now, but kind of obviously things pushed it back a little bit. Yes. Um, I, I'll tell you what, like, I want to go to the one in Japan, too. Like, uh, Japan's... Uh, oh, that's where Nintendo was birthed and, like, raised. Yeah, exactly. And, and Japan, in general, is just kind of a bucket list place. Like, I'm not a... Because of comedy, I travel a lot anyway, so I don't like to travel casually all that often. Yeah. I'd rather stay at home since my job has me traveling. Yes. Um, but Japan is a place that I'm actually like, hell yeah, let's go to Japan. I love so if it. I can also mix in some video game nerddom, I'm all for that. Because my friend, I was talking to my friend Alex, who I've known since I was in the fifth grade. We were both big Nintendo nerds. He was like, that theme park is going to, it's like, it's a kid's place. It's going to be mostly adults. Absolutely. 100%. Because <laughs> people our age that grew up with Super Nintendo. That's why, like, if you, if you want to talk like collecting, you said you're an N64 guy. Yes. People, like, how old are you? 28. 28, yeah, so you're, sorry, I'm 10 years older than you, so we're from a little bit different uh, demographics of there, but, but you grew up with the N64, and people your age are starting to get to the age now where you have a little bit of extra money to spend. I need to so get a Switch. So now people are like, oh, I'm going to buy this old N64 stuff that I grew up with, I'm going to buy all these games. So the price of N64 games are going way up now. Yeah, they're collector's items. Super Nintendo games have been pricey for the last five, six years for the same kind of reason. Yes. People my age have money to blow now. So yeah. So now they're going to go buy the old shit they remember. Yes. I think it, part of me thinks like they're more expensive now than they were then. For a lot of them, yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah, like, like some of the stuff, because I'm, I'm in the middle of trying to get a full uh, N64 collection. Yes. That's something I'm, I'm actively working on right now. I'm about, I don't know, 40% or so there. Yep. Uh, and I haven't even gotten into the really pricey ones yet. But even something that's like, it's crazy that like Mario Kart is not a rare game. No, I have it. a very popular game. It still sells for about 40 to $60 cart alone. Yeah. Do you have it? I do. Oh, yeah. Yes. That is one I got. Because, like, Nintendo games especially have the, It's a weird thing about, like, collecting is, like, they just hold their value because people are always going to want them. Yeah. There, there, there's not a shortage of Super Mario 64s out there. They were a package system. Like, are they a package with the system? Yeah. There's literally millions of them. But it's a game that everybody wants, so it can still sell for $25. Oh, at least. Based on the out there... It should sell for about three dollars because <laughs> they're easy to find, but they're in such demand. People are going to spend twenty five. It's very weird how how it works. I've learned a lot about just like kind of supply and demand, and, and a lot of it like video games and collecting in general is just the demand. Yeah, there are lots of NES games that are rare, but nobody wants them, so they still only sell for like six bucks. Yeah. You know, it's just like, but you get something like Earthbound for the Super Nintendo. Good old Ness and Lucas. There's tons of those out there. I see an Earthbound at almost every store that I go in and shop at when I'm like shopping around. Yeah, I see them all the time. It still goes for like 250 bucks. Really? Just because there's just like lore behind it of it being a rare, hard to find game. 
so people will still pay that price for it. It's very weird, man. But you know, you know, if you do, do you know what I think people won't pay a lot of money for? Bengals tickets. Bengals. <laughs> that was our segue into. That was a good segue. I was impressed. Well done. I've I've practiced these. Lloyd, my co-host, he's like one of the biggest comedy non-comedy nerds I know. Which, by the way, non-comic comedy nerds are some of my favorite people to talk to because they're the ones that like they don't have any bias or they're not trying to compete for anyone. They just love comedy and they know people at like my level or like people that were like people that like live in Indianapolis. Yeah, but but there's even a certain subset of those people. Because, like, it, it's just like I was talking about, like, AGT and wrestling fans earlier. Yeah. If you're a hardcore comedy nerd, like, the amount of, like, hardcore comedy nerds that try to tell me how to do my job oh, or, or my. Why, my joke, why, why this isn't funny. And I'm like, I, I, I appreciate that you love this art form, but, man, if you've never been on stage, don't tell me that my arm jokes don't work. <laughs> because I got third place and I can buy a house now telling those jokes. So clearly yes. I think I've figured something. Those are the same people that talk about how hacky Larry the Cable Guy is when he makes like a million dollars a night. Yeah. How like, oh, oh yeah. He filmed yeah, a special in a football stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Hart really needs some advice from a guy who is a bartender part-time. Yeah. About how to tell jokes. Yes. But anyway, um... What the fuck happened last week? The Bengals, um, they've been really blowing it recently. They lost to the New York Giants 19-17. to It was the debut of Brandon Allen. I don't know how much you know about him. Oh, I, I, I know that uh, he was the one whose knee didn't explode. That's, <laughs> that, that, that seems to be why he is playing <laughs> right now. His yes. Because Joseph Lee had his knee explode against the football team. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, I don't tell a side note now what we're talking about here. I hope that they keep Washington football team as the name. That would be so funny. It's one of those things that, like, the Redskins' name should have been changed years ago. A while ago. It it, it is very much a racial slur. It should have been changed. So long ago. I want to make sure that that point is clear to yes. everyone. Yes, we get but you. But man, that, that, that is some great passive-aggressive <laughs> changing, though. Like, fine, we're a football team. That's brilliant. It's I want so that to be a Washington football team forever. That is such good, like, like clapback. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you were wrong for that Redskins thing. But that's really good clapback right there. So um, I, this actually made national news because my the, my rival high school was also nicknamed the Redskins in Cincinnati, and right okay. after Washington changed it, Anderson changed it. So it was basically okay, yeah. I mean, it, it, and I'm all for progress. Times change, you know. Like I know a lot of people think that it's like oh, it's too PC. No, man, just just people evolve. Things yes. change. You can't do the same things that you used to. You know, it just. That, that that's that the second that we like people even said that like now like not to get political or anything but like they don't understand like why like well why, why is China flu bad but they used to call it the Spanish flu yeah because there were people from 1918 yeah exactly let, let, let's not take naming conventions from people who didn't think that women could handle voting yet <laughs> you know like yes fucking idiot 
Yes. So anyway, Brandon Allen. So Brandon Allen, like he started a few games for Denver last year, if I'm not mistaken. He was kind of a <laughs> yeah. He was a mediocre game. I always thought he was. I compared Brandon Allen to like a slightly shittier Kyle Allen. Yeah, I think I think that's who I, who I was getting him confused with in my brain when you were bringing him up there. I think Allen has become just like the generic football quarterback. It's like the creative player. Yes. There's like. When there was like three Allens that have started this year so far, uh, Josh Allen Kyle. and I know Kyle Allen's hurt right now. Yes, but and then and Brandon then Allen, Brandon Allen, Woody Allen, I think is going to start for, uh, yes. for the Giants next week with Daniel Jones out. Yes, Allen Robinson, I think is going to start a couple games. <laughs> Perfect. Um, the Allen Carpet Project is now playing the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's going to be great. So, um, I don't know, I, I bring this up on the podcast a lot, but there's a art- series of articles called Why Your Team Sucks. It's a, It used to be okay. on Deadspin, now it's Defector. But the guy that writes it, they like people submit like um, roasts about teams. And one guy said, our previous backup quarterback was Ryan Finley. And he said, Ryan Finley is the most perennial second stringer name I've ever heard. <laughs> Yeah, that, that is, uh, again, it's that generic creative player. That, that's like someone that would generate in Madden as a uh, computer-generated rookie. As a 67 overall that. Madden guy. Yeah, exactly. But the game itself, it was like, the Giants started off hot. They had like a, a long reception to Evan Ingram, and then they scored with Wayne Gallman right away. And then right after that, Brandon Wilson, our stud kickoff returner, just immediately ran one back. 103 yards, which was the longest play in Bengals history. Really? Yeah. It was 103 yards. Just ran it out of the end zone and just torched us, torched the Giants for a little bit. And it felt... Yeah, that... Go ahead. I was going to say, that's interesting. Like, again, it goes back to being a numbers nerd. Uh, I've been watching some videos recently of, like, um, you know, here's a compilation of the longest completion for every team in the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of them are, like, 99. There's, like, some teams that, like, have been around a long time that, like, yeah, their longest pass is, like, an 81-yard touchdown. Really? And you'd figure if you're, if you've, I think, I want to say it was, like, the Eagles or something like that. Someone that's been around. So, so The just Eagles had how, one like, uh, when Vic played. I think it was, like, a 90-some-yard touchdown to Deshaun Jackson on Monday Night Football. Yeah, uh, it might not have been the Eagles. It was something like that. Yeah. But there's, like, teams that have existed, and it's just weird how football works. Yes. You know? Like, like I want to say the Dolphins was, like, an 86-yarder. And, like, for someone who had, like, Marino and, like, Bob Greed, like, you figure even accidentally, some of the records were, like, by a fourth-string quarterback who played once who just happened to, you know, there was a blown coverage or a breakaway kind of thing. And yeah. I think the Browns had a 99-yarder against the Bengals. I not anything longer than that yet. Yeah, it's impossible to do one longer than 99 yards. Overpass that. I'm talking about the kick return. Yes, uh, 109. Yeah. Uh, I think Cordero had one. I think Jacoby Jones might have had one. Yeah. yeah. Just, just wild. Anyway. So other than that, other than the uh, that touchdown, the kick return, there was a touchdown to T. Higgins, who's been an absolute stud this year. It was a very, very boring game to watch. And I'm sure it, it was. Uh, I didn't watch the game, but um, just you know, from fantasy football, it was a boring game to follow. Oh yeah, <laughs> even on like GameCast, it was like it was just kind of like, man, this is just not a sexy. Because like, I mean, any team from the NFC East <sighs> has been rough this year. Every you know, single one. Like, 
Yeah, like, and it's not even that, like, the records are bad and they're not, like, you know, whatever, they've lost some close game. It's like, they're not interesting to watch. Like, yeah. none of those teams are, maybe football team with uh, Antonio Gibson starting to play a little bit better. Like, yeah. he's at least a bright spot where you're like, okay. But for the most part, like, the Eagles are awful to watch with Dak Prescott out. Like, the Cowboys are garbage to watch. The yeah. Giants have been hard to watch for about 10 years now. Yeah, Daniel Jones can't even stay on his feet. Yeah, it's just like, there's just something, there's sometimes like, like I'll put it in this uh, concept because uh, my Dolphins played the Chargers a couple weeks ago. Yep, two versus Herbert. Don't have a great record. But they've been fun to watch. They because they have Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, and now they just got Austin Eckler back. Exactly. They, they just haven't been able. They haven't learned how to finish yet. They're too young as a team. They don't know how to finish yet. But they're exciting to watch, even though they're a bad team based on record. Yes. NFC East is garbage. Oh, it's, it's terrible to watch. Hey, you might see a six-win team in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I'm almost rooting for it. Go, go football team. Go That's football it. team. <laughs> football. Go. I don't want it to be the Cowboys. I don't want their fan. Yeah. I feel okay with the Redskins. And you know what? The, the, just because 2020 is what it is, screw it. That 6-10 and 10 team making a run to the Super Bowl. There's <laughs> a lot of weird things happening. I mean, once you get in, one and done, who knows what can happen. So. Yeah. I mean, the Titans were like 9-7 and seven last year, and they made a run. I, I was literally – they played the Patriots in the wild card round, and I thought the Titans have a chance to upset the Patriots. They're hot right yeah. now. Yep. And they pulled it off. Both both the Super Bowl runs that the Giants had with Eli Manning, they were pretty average teams. Like, they kind of snuck into the playoffs and just got hot at the right time. Yeah, Eli Manning, for a while, was an average quarterback. Yeah, Uh, I've always put it this way. Someone who lived in Indianapolis, this was never a popular viewpoint, but I always thought that Peyton Manning was a little overrated because he, like, Peyton Manning is a great regular season quarterback. Never really played well in the playoffs. Because the second Super Bowl he won, it was the fucking Denver defense. Yeah, that, that one year. Because the one year I think that he played, he put up those record numbers in Denver, I don't think they won that year, did they? That was the year they got smoked by the Seahawks. Seahawks. It was the, the first play was like a safety or something. Yeah. But but then like look at someone like Eli Manning. Eli Manning, I thought was a an average to good regular season quarterback. Like he wasn't going to lose you many games, but he wasn't. He was he wasn't going to be putting up five touchdowns at four fifty. He wasn't going to be Patrick Mahomes. Like the reason playoffs, the dude just won. Yeah, like the reason uh, Odell Beckham made that insane one handed catch was because Eli Manning's throw was a little off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but he just he figured out like. When it got to the playoffs, Eli knew how to win. I, I would take Eli in the playoffs 100% of the time over Peyton. Yeah, because Peyton's teams were stacked. Peyton. He, what was that? Peyton's teams were stacked. Like he had two of the better wide receivers yeah. of the 2000s. Yep. Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, he fondled Jeff Saturday's taint for 10 years. I'll take it. <laughs> Which is all of our goals as football fans, quite yeah. frankly. My cousin was a quarterback, and he said, I fondled the center's taint. I'm like, yeah, I get that. That's funny. Yeah, I mean. Win in Rome. Yes. Why not? So, um, like I said, the Bengals game was very, very boring. But I want to talk about this a little bit before we get to the Burns a little bit. Um, you guys tanked last year a little bit. You guys traded not- Laramie Tunsil. 
Yeah. It's, it was one of those things that, like, I think it's ended up being genius moves because I think football, more than a lot of sports, locker room chemistry is really important. Yeah, the Bengals don't have a lot of it. Yeah, it, it does. Like, like, in basketball, it seems like you can kind of stack a team and you have a good chance to win just because individual talent will win out. Yes. In football, it doesn't seem to work that way. No. Um, if you don't have that chemistry, and I think the Dolphins' problem, because over the years, they've had a lot of really good players and players that I liked as players. Like who? You know, Tutsball, obviously, he's an all-pro left tackle. Yep. You don't just have those no. casually. But apparently he was kind of a dick, and he was hard to be around. Same yeah. thing with Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is still, I, I love him as a wide receiver. I think as a player, he's great. Apparently, he was a pain in the ass. I don't doubt that with. at all. And him and OBJ yeah. together, like Freddie Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens couldn't handle OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Stefanski yeah. seems like he can, he can handle that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, like, I think that's part of it. So, like, at the time, those individual moves are like, what are, you, what are you doing? Why are you getting rid of them? But, like, what they were able to draft this year and what they were able to, I mean, because they, they even have the Texans' number one pick next year, too, which has a chance to With be Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, that was part of the Tunsil. They got last year's number one and this year's number one for Tunsil. Jeez. So, um, you know, it, it was one of those things that, like, and I think it also kind of shows what a good coach Brian Flores has become. He's fantastic. Because even last year when everyone was like, they're going to tank for Tua. They're going to tank. This could be the worst football team in the history of the NFL. Ryan Fitzpatrick wouldn't allow it. Yeah. like, But even like, because I, I don't even think he allowed it. Because like, 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 I think the tanking thing is always an overblown thing. The tanking happens at the general manager coach level. It doesn't happen at the player level. No, never. Because I've, I've said this. like You can't ask a football team to lose. I tried to write a bit about this, and it bombed. Yeah, yeah. Those players are are still fighting for jobs. They need to be employed next year, even if they're stop gags just on the roster this year. They still want to get hired somewhere else, and if they're tanking, like yeah. no one's going to ever sign them. So, um, But I even think Flores, like... like as a fan, there was part of me in my head, and it ended up working out, but in my head, I was like, because they had a little run at the end. They went like 500 the last, like, not eight or nine games. Like, they played well. And I was like, man, you guys are going to play yourselves out of a quarterback. <laughs> You're just yeah. not going to. Because, like, they just they had too much pride. Um, Tua was who I wanted. Um, it's still a little early on Tua. He just had the playing time, and obviously being a little curb, he's had yeah. a bad ankle. He's all had year. he's had injury concerns since college, which is kind of concerning. Yeah. yeah, when he plays, like like I think he's shown some like right. Like, I I would kind of compare him a little bit to Joe Burrow. Joe Joe Burrow, I don't think has been amazing this year, but you can kind of see you you can see that you can see you can see flashes of talent because exactly. Burrow has had a shit line the entire year. Yeah. And I said, like, you can only pressure a quarterback so many times before his ankle needs to be 127 hours. Yeah, it's it's rough. What was it? Um, what can I ever think of his name? But David Carr's brother? Derek Carr. Derek. No, no, no. So I met David, actually. So Derek's home for the Raiders now. His brother, 
David. Yes. Who was like a touted number one pick for the Texans who just got murdered. Yeah. Because they had no offensive line. Like, sometimes it's not They were an the, expansion uh, franchise. Yeah, exactly. It's not always the quarterback's fault. Like, if they can't... Um, and, and it showed, uh, you know, you could see how uncomfortable Tua was last week, or that Denver game um, that he didn't we play. We have Von Miller play. on the other side. He couldn't run. He couldn't move. He was just a sitting duck back there. Um, yeah. And the offensive line can only do so much. So if your quarterback's getting hit all the time, they're going to be terrible no matter who it is. Yes. And even Burrow, like, Burrow made plays, and he was able to escape despite the fact that he was constantly getting pressured, constantly having people coming after him. But yeah, my big... Uh, that's why every team should put their money. That's why left tackles get paid what they get paid. If so you get a good guy. I've brought this statistic up, but... Do you know the last time a number one draft pick has not been a quarterback, offensive tackle, or defensive end? Um, shit, I don't. 1996. Uh, damn. Uh, it was uh, Keyshawn Johnson. He was the number one pick that year. Was Keyshawn number one? Yes. Okay. But after that, every number one pick has either been a quarterback, offensive tackle, or defensive end. Yeah, that I mean, that's where the money is. That's they're, where they're, they're the three that's most important positions. Yeah, those, those are. Yeah, you, you you win mostly with quarterback, offensive line, defensive line. Yep, that's, that's how you win. You, you gotta protect the quarterback and you gotta rush the quarterback. Yes, that's what you do. So I brought up the tanking because uh, a guy, Joe Goodberry, had a great tweet. He talked about how the Bengals like didn't fully commit to the tanking, which is why they don't not only have a bad team this year, but they don't have a lot of draft capital. He said the shitty part about semi-tanking last year is that the Bengals didn't fully commit. Because uh, now A.J. Green, who was a popular trade target, just had his third zero-catch game of the season last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. his stock is... Like, they, they should have definitely traded him last year. Yes, and I'm, I was what a big... I'm a big... I'm a very loyal person. I wanted A.J. Green to retire a Bengal. And I'm like... You I, I love A.J. Green as a player. Like, like I, I, he's been so fun to watch over his career. Oh my like, God, the best! Where you just gotta, you, you gotta move on. Like, you have to think long term for the franchise. It's the, it's, it's the reason why, like, as good as Fitzpatrick has played this year. Yeah, if if two is your guy, like Fitzpatrick, I enjoy him, but he's an old ass man in NFL terms. <laughs> you he's, know, he's he's not gonna be the guy for ten years. So no. you gotta get your guy up. Yes, and they said uh, Geno Atkins, former force. Has one tackle this year. Sean Williams, great safety for a while, only plays special teams. And Carlos Dunlap is now in Seattle for a sixth-round pick. And he's been doing great. Yeah, he had like three sacks a couple weeks ago, didn't he? He's nuts. He was a great player who, like, hated his life in Cincinnati and, like, was so frustrated that he put his house up for sale. Yeah. And that's that's part of what I was talking about earlier with the uh, you know the locker room, uh, you know, just like how that chemistry is important. Yes. Um, kind of my my favorite example of it is Randy Moss. So yeah. Randy Moss, when he was in Minnesota for a while, he was great, and then he started falling off. And then when he went to to the Raiders, he had horrible years. I, I think everyone at the time thought Randy Moss was done. Yep. Because he put up nothing. Because he wasn't motivated, he didn't work hard, he didn't do anything in uh, in uh, Oakland at the time. And then, and then he moved into the Oakland. Patriots and, uh, and set a record his first year that is still yet to be broken. 
Yeah, exactly. And maybe you never will be broken. Who knows? Yes. So it's like, it, it's, it's part of like how motivated you are. Some players can just like, I mean, look at someone like Larry Fitzgerald. He has played on some awful teams. Yes. But he's always, he's always produced. Yes. Uh, I, I think, I, I saw something with him a couple years ago before, um, before they got uh, Kyler Murray, where they kind of asked him, because I think he has the record for catching most touchdowns from different quarterbacks. Oh my God, yeah. He got some from Carson Palmer. Yeah, yeah, outside of that little bit of time where they had Paulson, uh, Carson Palmer for a little bit. Josh Rosen. Uh, Horner for a little bit. And then Josh know? Rosen, and then Kyler Murray. Yeah, but but like they, they uh, he successfully did it, but it was like 22 different quarterbacks or something like that. And they were like asking wow. him to name every quarterback he had caught a touchdown from in the NFL. So it's like asking Antonio Cromartie to name all his kids. Exactly. It just <laughs> so, but like, so so again, it, it also depends on the player himself too. And if Dunlap wasn't motivated in Cincinnati, hey, you you send him on his way. It's the same thing. I was okay with the Dolphins getting rid of people like Tunsil. And hey, if you don't want to be there, get the, get the fuck out. And, I kind of get that now. I kind of get that now because I was a big loyalist, but now I'm like. Shit, you could you had you could have had like a third, second, third round draft pick, Ray J. Green, but now you have no draft pick and a wide receiver who is literally putting up zero catches. So you're like, fuck. Yeah, like, like, what's probably going to happen with that? They're not. I don't think they're going to get anything back for him. Oh, I not at all. Like seventh yeah. rounder, sixth or seventh rounder. Yeah, at best, but like uh, they, they have no leverage now. They, they let know. Dalton walk. Yeah, exactly, and, and I think they know now that they don't. But AJ Green's just not going to be the player he was there. So, why would anyone give up a seventh rounder? Yeah, he's going to get cut anyway. <laughs> Eventually, sucks. you know. So, it's, yeah, and, and, and I get this, man. As being a Dolphins fan, up until probably the last two, three years, it was just mind-bogglingly stupid, just decisions by yeah. front office people who didn't know, like. It's crazy to think that, like, because you stuck with you guys stuck with Tannehill for a while. Yeah, and again, just bad system for him, and and just bad locker room because he's played really well for the Titans. He's been great. Yeah, hasn't been him. But like the Dolphins, like over the years, like they had a chance at Peyton Manning when he left Indianapolis. They didn't make a serious run at him the way they should have. Did they ever run at Brady when he Uh, left New England? Um, maybe, but I'm sure everybody took a run at Brady, like, during certain times, but, yeah. um, like, like, a lot of people, they, they passed on Drew Brees, when, before Drew Brees signed for the Saints, because Drew Brees was coming off that shoulder injury. I remember that. And yeah, that's when Philip Rivers took over in San Diego. Exactly, yeah, so they, they were about to, like, I think the Dolphins and the Saints were the only two teams that were, like, serious, even looking at him, and they passed on him. They said he'll never be anything. Didn't they take, like, Culpepper instead? Yeah. Culpepper and then, fuck, Fiedler? They had Fiedler for a while. They've had... I Pennington? Get Dolphin quarterbacks. Damon Heward. Uh, hell, I don't know. Something, Cleo Lemon, I think, was their starter. Chad Henney <laughs> for a few games. Yeah, it's just... It's just been rough. That's why I'm excited. I don't know if, I don't know if Tua is going to end up being the guy. It's so hard to predict long-term successful quarterbacks. Yeah. But it's the first time... In 20 years, since Marino, that I've legitimately been excited about who our quarterback is. Well, with well with like the prospect, because you're not like 
man, Fitzpatrick's going to play until he's 47. No, he's not. He's going to play until he's like 39, and then he's going to retire. Yeah, and, and again, Tua might end up being a bust. Like, the injuries do concern me as a fan. He just might not ever be able to stay healthy enough to be the guy. Yeah. But it's the first time that, like, I feel the Dolphins are doing the right moves to build a team. Yes. Like, you guys playing really well. Like, they, they put weapons that want to be there around, <laughs> you know, yeah. a guy who potentially could be a high-traffic franchise quarterback. Because other than, but, like, um, yeah. other than Devontae Parker, you guys have, like, I was looking it up, like, Jakeem Grant and, like, uh, what's his, Anto- or Antonio Callaway, that's his name. Callaway. Yeah. yeah, a lot of legal trouble, and I'll get to that in the roasts. Yeah, yeah, that, that's all. Yeah, I forgot he was on the team. He just got activated a couple weeks ago. I don't yeah, think he, was, he has been. He was suspended. He, he has a hell of a rap sheet, and I'll get to that. But yeah. well, uh, it, it, one of those things, it, it's, it's uh, man, we can get to it in a little bit more depth, but, like, man, like, a good player, if he ends up being problematic, send him the door. Yep, you I was know, just reading in. People have gotten rid of Antonio Brown, and no, no one can deny that Antonio Brown is an incredibly talented wide receiver. Monster. He's just really more, he's more problems than he's worth. I was uh, watching a video, because you're a baseball guy, and I was watching a video, like, last night about Elijah Dukes. Yeah. Yeah, monumentally yeah, was, talented. I, I was a human, but he was so talented, but... He had that run where he was, like, a, a productive player, and then all of a sudden... He just kept beating his girlfriend, threatening his girlfriend, threatening to kill him and the kids, and it just fucking fell off. I mean, look, it went the opposite way, but look at Josh Hamilton, who was originally, he was this... Cincinnati Red. ...the coming of Mickey Mantle for the, the the Reds, and he had so many, or for the Rays, I think, originally. Yeah. And he had so many, uh, like, just drug problems. He just couldn't handle his own personal demons, and yep. he just wasn't a good dude, and he kind of went the other way. He got his life together, and then, like, in his early 30s became one of the best hitters in baseball for about four or five year run. Because the I remember that year because the Reds originally had him and then they traded him to the Rangers for Edinson Volquez and I believe Daniel Ray Herrera, just a little relief pitcher. Yeah. So I remember not, that. Not, not, not terrible. I mean Volquez had a good run for the Reds. It's not an awful that that trade worked out for both sides, I think. He did, I will say, and we'll get to the Dolphins um in a bit. But two thousand ten the AL MVP was Josh Hamilton, and the NL MVP was Joey Votto. So if yeah. you had had two MVPs on the same team, madness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a whole different. I'm, I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. That's I like Rig- I, I Wrigley has the old timey charm. Yeah, I, I love Wrigley. It's it's a shithole, and I love it for it. But I remember, um, this is the last thing I'll say, and then we'll get to the Manscaped ads and then the Merns. Um, but I went to a game a couple of years ago. I think the Cubs went to the Diamondbacks. Cause I, went to a comedy, I went on a comedy trip to Chicago, and that game, it was like 6-4 going in the bottom of the ninth. Bodie hit a two-run homer to tie it, and then the very next batter, Rizzo, walked it off. Yep. I don't know if you remember that game at all. but Vaguely, yeah. I mean, yeah. It was it was fun being a Cubs fan for a little bit. <laughs> that that sixteen World Series is one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, but yeah, um, we'll get to the reads here um, because we do a little bit of Manscaped. I don't know if you know about that. Support, I uh, will say, support for fuck you. We like the Bengals comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. 
Listen up. Um, jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. A lot of these are punny. Um, untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season, and I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Now, forgive me if this is an offensive question. How, uh, how have you managed uh, shaving with, um, with what you got going on? How do you manage oh, that? Oh, I, I, I actually have a, a, a Manscaped. I have the, uh, the Lawnmower 2.0. So. Oh, nice! <laughs> so I do. Uh, actually, a little, uh, little uh, kind of funny anecdote. Um, if you've seen the commercials for um, for the uh, like that are like aired before like YouTube videos, yeah, uh, the grooming guru. <laughs> that's my buddy Zoltan. I've known Zoltan Casas thirteen years or so. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a comic. He did a dry bar special, didn't he? What's that? He did a dry bar special, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Zoltan. He, he's a really good friend of mine. I've known him for you know almost since I started comedy, like really early. Where you so I, when I first started seeing those commercials, I would text him. I'd be like, hey, quit telling me to shave my balls already. <laughs> yelling at me. You ever hurt your balls uh, while shaving? Funny thing too, this, uh, this last weekend, I was doing an outdoor gig in San Diego. Uh, I got to do a show. Um, I'm going to butcher his last name. I think it was James Schaefer. He is the, uh, the Dr. Squatch soap guy from those commercials, like the long hair guy. So basically, I have a lockdown on knowing all of the people who want my balls clean. <laughs> have you ever hurt your balls while shaving? Oh, constantly. Yes. Yeah. We ha- it happens all the time. I've nicked them constantly. It, t- it tells us to say this. I'm not just asking for shirts and Googles. Uh, but that's why, this, that's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned their electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 uh, comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. And you don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest parts of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Um, Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keep your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell great. Their manly scent is attractive and will help you set the mood, if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing, anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. So, uh, Ryan. And just right before we start, because I don't want to have anyone mad, his name is James Schrader, not Schaefer. James so, Schrader? Shout out to our new buddy. James Schrader, the Dr. Squatch guy. And Dr. Squatch and Zoltan, uh, the grooming guru for Manscaped. Yes. And, clean, and if you had to bet on how many times um, Ryan would mispronounce his friend's names, I would go to bet online. 
I would do that. <laughs> I see what you did there. Thank you. Uh, the wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, Ryan, yes, are you ready no. to roast your beloved Miami Dolphins? I mean, I've been, uh, I didn't prepare anything, but I've been casually roasting my Dolphins for the better <laughs> part of 25 years, so. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. I got the slideshow right here. We got, um, we're going to start with the owner, Stephen Ross. Uh, Stephen Ross, I, which first of all, I forgot, I thought about this before the cast, podcast. I don't think Ryan has ever seen me do comedy, so I don't know if he thinks I'm funny or not. <laughs> so yeah, this is a lot of pressure. Yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll get through it. Yes. Like, I didn't prepare anything, so these, this might not be my best work. Oh, it's fine. I've been doing this for three years, so sometimes I phone it in. I don't know if yeah, this yeah, is one of those ones. hear what I talk about in, like, really third place? Should have got fourth. <laughs> but, yes, uh, we'll start with Stephen Ross. He looks like the Six Flags guy's dad. Six Trump flags. <laughs> yeah, he's a... Uh, I, I, I try not to care too much about the uh, the political aspect of the owners of my uh, sports teams. Because they're all old, white, rich Republicans. Oh, 100%. That's 100%, yeah. Like, that's... Like, you, you, you have to be, like... I think this way about just, like, most super rich people. Like, I know they worked hard. Yes. But, like, I work hard, too, and I'm not worth billions of dollars. I can't buy the Dolphins. No. <laughs> you got to be at least a bit of a scumbag to get that kind of money. <laughs> yes. Like, we, I went hard on Dan Snyder a, few, uh, a couple weeks ago, and that was a blast. Oh, well, Dan Snyder is the freaking worst. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Ross is, like... Is like if everyone's old grandpa had money. He just like he's just one of those kind of guys, you know. He's like, like I, if it's just your poor grandpa who lives in Arkansas, he's just a silly old racist guy from a different time. <laughs> Stephen Roth just happens to have billions of dollars behind it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, coaching Brian Flores. He looks like if Terry Crews hosted America's Got Talent on public access TV. <laughs> yeah, I have trouble with Brian Flores because he's the first coach that I've actually loved. Like, like man, you guys have gone through some guys, haven't you? I, I think the best thing about Brian Flores is he's not Adam Gase. Oh boy, <laughs> did you see? So did you see the uh, the Broncos tweet they had about Kendall Hinton about how I it's did like? Not, no. So the Broncos were like, "This game, it happened. It was a game." We all know what the final score was, but let's give respect to Kendall Hinton, who tried, basically. So, um, someone said they should do a tweet like that about Adam Case. <laughs> I'll have to find it real quick. It, it might take... There it is. There it is. Um, so, the original tweet said, there was a game today. The final score is what it is. 
undrafted rookie wide receiver Kendall Hinton came off the practice squad, had zero practice reps, and completed it in his first game as an NFL quarterback, as the Broncos quarterback, an unprecedented situation. He deserves all the respect. So someone said this about Adam Gase. <laughs> he said, there was a game today. The final score is what it is. Unwanted wide receivers coach Adam Gase came off the street, had zero time to sober up, and coached what felt like his first NFL game as the Jets head coach. An unprecedented situation. <laughs> yeah, the fact that that guy keeps getting, uh, getting coaching gigs is mind-boggling to me. He was bad uh, with the Dolphins, and he's even worse with the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say one another good thing that Brian Flores has. He might already be the most successful expatriates coach as a head coach. Yeah, and he has a losing record overall. Like he might, he's not Matt Patricia. Oh yeah, because like, he still has a job. Yeah. I mean, who knows when he'll eventually tank out? But but so far, <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, I mean, I more power to you guys. It seems like he's doing a good job. He's got a good team. People seem to like to play for him. Yeah. It's either the I'm Dolphins sure. or the Bills in the AFC East. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully for a while, too. Yes. Which means that they'll go 2-14 and 14 next year. <laughs> and who is leading that 2-14 and 14 team? Quarterback. Okay, let me see if I'm pronouncing this name right. Um, let's see. Uh, Josh Allen's bitch. Um, <laughs> um, Tua Tango... Uh, I actually heard that Tua Tango Vailoa, I believe. Yes. Tua Tonga Vailoa. Uh, he could be hurt this week, so if he if he is hurt this week, he could engage in his number one hobby of wearing black turtlenecks and posing near staircases. <laughs> well done with a nice gold chain. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I would I would like to make a joke about Tua, but I'm afraid that if I actually finish the joke, his hip will fall out of his pocket again. <laughs> He's very, uh, he, he's, he's a, he, I think he's a good quarterback. So far, he's, he's made of glass. Yes. I say I this joke every time I get the chance. Someone originally said it about Jordan Reed. Saying Tua is made of glass is insulting to the structural integrity of glass. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Hopefully, I mean, Frank Gore has had like 18 torn ACLs over his career. And yeah, he was born retire. in this, he was also <laughs> born during the fucking Korean War, so I don't blame him. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, hey, if he can do it with his legs just basically being falling apart, hey, who's to say Tua can't have another 15 years of being on the IR? Yes. So I've also said this about um, players being old. I don't make fun of players for being old anymore. Because if you're 37 and can still compete with like 24, 25-year-olds, tip-top shape, I'm not going to shit on Frank Gore for that. He is phenomenal. Yeah, and I think the way, like, I think a lot of people forget, too, like, sports is, like, it's not a super loyal, like, there's some loyalty, but, like, if you're too old that you're not helping, like, you're, you're costing the team, they will cut you. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, Peyton Manning basically resurrected the Indianapolis Colts as a franchise yeah when they thought he couldn't go anymore they sent him the door yeah you know like they, they had one right shitty out, so. year of curtis painter and then enter andrew luck yeah so but like i'm saying like especially like modern sports there's not that kind of loyalty where you know frank gore wouldn't be playing on a team out of just respect to frank gore yes he still has to be the best option 
And I'm not saying he's the best running back in the league. Kind of like probably I think the next one we're going to talk about with Brian Fitzpatrick. Yep. He's not the best quarterback in the league. He's an old-ass man, but there's a reason he's there. <laughs> he's not there because they, they like Ryan Fitzpatrick as a He's person. not the future. He's a stopgap. And also looks like if he looks like the only time he's ever cried was at a five finger death punch concert. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like a guy instead of graduating from Harvard, uh, he got kicked out because he kept busking at the student center. <laughs> <laughs> You're just wearing an old like 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 one of those uh, Mexican ponchos. His <laughs> uh, acoustic guitar. Yes, he's one of the smart. Like I think. Not even him being from Harvard, but I think he's just one of the smartest. That guy's made so much money being an okay quarterback. Because he's like his, over, his overall body of work is all right. He's had a good run. He's, he's a good. He's an average to good quarterback. But man, that guy has four game spurts that make him millions of dollars. Yes, he does. The Buccaneers stretch in twenty eighteen. Um, oh, let's, just ah. let's look at the gigs he's taken. Rams from 05 to 06, Bengals 2007 to 2008, Bills for four years after that, Titans in 13, Texans in 14, Jets in 15 and 16, Bucks in 17 and 18, and Dolphins 19 and now. Those are, that's a lot of jobs that no one really wanted. Yeah, yeah, because he was, he was always the stopgap, but, but bless him, he's made his money, everything I've ever heard about him. He seems to, like, even his demotion now, he wasn't happy about it, but, like, he's it been broke a good his heart. mentor. Yeah, he's been a good mentor to Tua. Like, he's there for the team. Yes. That's why they keep him around. I, I hope he gets a, a coaching gig one day. Oh, he will. Yeah, yeah. When no he doubt he at age 54, I hope he gets a coaching gig. He'd be a really fun offensive coordinator, kind of like a Byron Leftwich kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he sometimes hands the ball off to... Running back. Miles Gaskin. Uh, I got him on IR in two leagues, so I'm hoping he comes back. But around Dolphins country, he's known as the little engine that could. And at the trainer's table, he's known as the little PCL that couldn't. <laughs> yeah, like, when you sent me the list of who we were roasting, like, I'm a Dolphins fan. I almost forgot we had Gaskin on the team. Yeah, because he was hurt Matt- for a while. Because you guys have gone through, like, Matt, like four running backs this year. It was like Basically. Matt, Matt Breida, uh, Jordan Howard, who I forgot until today that he's an eagle now. Yeah, he got cut. Yeah, he got cut by the Dolphins two or three weeks ago. Yeah, it, he was just putting up like, one one stat line. He had was like six rushes for seven yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he did get that one touchdown. He, he sniped a touchdown from Gaskin, yeah. I think, at the time. <laughs> uh, no, I think it was um, I think it was Breida that he snatched it from. It was a Breda at that time. It's, it's hard to tell. It's been such a revolving door of... Because even uh, Ahmed, who had been playing great... He was great. Now. He was good. And now he's yeah. hurt again. Yeah, I think Breda, I think Breda's back this week, um, which uh, I would like to go ahead and uh, pre-announce that Breda is going to be put on the IR next week. Is that what you're... That's, that your, that's your bold prediction? That's my bold prediction. I mean, he's a Dolphins running back. He's probably going to end up... He, uh, He's going to get hurt in the third quarter of the Bengals game. I don't yes. wish it on him, but that's just how the running backs work. I think, actually, I might be running back next week. Um, if you think Matt Breda will get hurt against the Bengals, then you do not know the Bengals' defense. Yes. <laughs> this might actually be the one week <laughs> that he doesn't get touched by anybody. Yes. 
Uh, you did bring up Matt Breida. During his time at Georgia Southern, Matt Breida volunteered as a reader and speaker at elementary schools, mainly because at the time he was the only person in Georgia who knew how to read. <laughs> I like that one because it's a burn on Georgia, too. Yes. Wide receiver. We're going to start with um, the late bloomer, Devontae Parker, who looks like, you know, Lil Nas X? He did Old Town uh, Road. I don't. He did the song Old Town Road that was all over the radio. Oh, okay, okay. So I did, uh, the audio cut out a little bit. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he looks, I say he looks like Lil Nas X's last ditch, ditch effort to prove that he's straight. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, for a while there, like he's, he's played pretty well the last couple years, but for a while there, it was like Devontae Parker was playing uh, as if he wished he could go back to Louisville and yep. bang hookers to get in. Yeah, I mean, if he wanted to bang hookers in Louisville, you got to play for the basketball team. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure the football playing, they, oh, yeah. they have connections. They I, got some connections. So one thing we do to like research players, and Lloyd, my co-host, brought this up, a great website to search is TMZ. Oh, yeah, see if anything pops up? <laughs> yes. The one thing that popped up, and I couldn't think of a joke for this, but the one thing that popped up about Devontae, Devontae Parker was that he... Had like a jeweler make a one hundred thousand dollar chain with the Louisville Cardinal like logo on it. It was insane. Uh, maybe my uh, experience at Indiana State University as a theater kid was different than his, but I can't imagine getting getting an alma mater bling. Yeah. Made. So now I know two Indiana State alum, uh, you and Larry Bird. Exactly, yeah. He did not do theater with me. We always tried to get him to audition. He's he uh, like, I'll only audition if I, my character is in those short shorts. Yes. And um, second wide receiver, and I'm doing this in order for a reason, Antonio Callaway, who has a hell of a rap sheet. All right, I'm going to list some of this off. This is actually kind of a recycled joke because we roasted him when he played for the Browns. But here it is. He was suspended for a whole year in college because of credit card fraud. He had a diluted drug sample at the NFL Combine. He was cited for marijuana possession and driving with a suspended license in 2018. And at Florida, he was accused of sexual assault, but was found not responsible by a judge who was a booster for the University of Florida. And I'm not going to roast him. Because the Miami Herald already did. And it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah so, that's just, yeah. man, like, you know, I, I don't know why we have, like, I don't get it, man, because it's like, like, from what I've seen, like, the flashes of, like, time that he had with the Browns, he was pretty good, like, he's a talented guy. He's a good deep threat. Like, like I, I, I guess, like, him being on the Dolphins shows that there's, like, an exception to every rule. Yes. Of, like, the Dolphins want to do, like, hey, if you're, if you're a bad person, or, like, we want to bet this culture of. Except for this one guy. He's the one that you want to look at. Don't do what Callaway does. That's why he's here. Yes. So I was getting, they, uh, the Miami Herald roasted him because at one point they had an Antonio Callaway quote. And the one quote he had, uh, he said, I'm a great person. I'm not this bad person that the media portrays. I mean, I can't stress it enough, he said. I just got to let my actions speak for me. The very next line, they've spoken loud and clear. It was like, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's out there. Yes. It's pretty, it's pretty obvious what he's done. So, yeah, yeah he's not somebody I, I will, 
I, I will miss. I don't know if he's worth the uh, the three catches for 15 yards he gets every week. Or the the two catches for 52 yards. Yeah, I just don't think that's a... He'll catch that one fluke from Fitz a game, maybe. Yeah, but whatever. And uh, the third stringer, Jakeem Grant. Uh, he has a headband in his headshot that says no speed limit, which makes me think he stole that headband from Antonio Callaway's car. <laughs> Yeah, what do you know uh, about Jakeem? I, I don't know. Like, I just I know he's tiny. <laughs> like, uh, like he's definitely the Dolphins' most adorable player. Yes, by far. He's never going to win MVP, but he might get the most adorable player. Aw, he uh he did he take that from uh what's his dick? Kenny Stills. When Kenny Stills I left, think so yeah, yeah, yeah. Jakeem Grant's like so small that I think his uh, his winter or his summer residence uh, is in. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's beard. I think he just, <laughs> that, that, that's how they've actually like worked. Like, like they have good chemistry because he just lives in his beard for four months <laughs> during the offseason. And uh, we're going to move on. We have one more player to roast, and there's an interesting story behind this guy. Tight end. Tight end Mike Gesicki. So I always say, and... I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Mike Gesicki is the mortal enemy of the podcast. Okay. (laughs) So last year, um, we did a live episode where we roasted um, the Dolphins. They were the live episode. And what I wanted to do was get Mike Gesicki to record a cameo because he's on Cameo. Okay. Which if you want to make some extra video game money, get do that because Terhune's doing it. Yeah, well, Terhune has a different – he has a little bit different – character than mine yeah people want to be yelled at by the redneck yes so gesicki had um a cameo page it was like 25 bucks it was like 25 40 bucks or so so i wanted gesicki to like record a video of himself like giving our podcast shit and i like put it like live on the screen and he said no he actually he said uh don't think i should like, in the email response I got, he said, don't think I should. So then I put it on our Instagram story, and I tagged him in it that said, uh, I've determined that the mortal enemy of the podcast is Mike Gesicki. And he just said, I just, um, he said, I just didn't want any bad karma. He actually responded to my message. Yeah, it, I, I, I like, like, that. that's definitely a sports thing, where it's like, the reason he said no was because, like, he's trying to be a good dude. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, fuck you, Mike Gesicki. You're now my mortal enemy for trying to be a good person. Yeah. His his exact message was, LOL, my bad. I didn't want any bad karma. <laughs> I don't know if you can see this, but this is, like, a real DM conversation I had with Gesicki. Nice. Yes. Well, well done. Well done. Well, even... I, 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 Go ahead. I, I like Mike Gesicki, even though he looks like the guy that you would find out was like the head of a hazing ring at a fraternity <laughs> in college. Oh. Like, he's everything I've ever heard about him. Good teammate, good guy for like the community. Like, it was oh, yeah, he's, he was like, super cool. He, he has that look. He has like the look of the guy who was like making people like eat their own underwear or whatever weird thing hazing. Yes. <laughs> and he looks like his first words as a baby were tank top. 
he looks. He very much looks like a bro. Oh, a hundred percent. Like even his high, his headshot is just like, like look at how <laughs> smug I am. He seems like the coolest dude. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a good dude. I don't know if you, uh, uh, if you follow current WWE at all. But no, uh, like I'm Matt not a wrestling Riddle. guy. Yeah, well, hey, uh, there's a wrestler named Matt Riddle. He was with UFC for a while. He okay. wrestles for WWE now. Who's just like his whole gimmick is he's a stoner bro, basically. <laughs> That's what Gestecki looks like to me. I don't know if he's that way as a person. I doubt he is. He just has the look of like someone that like, oh, if he lived in Southern California, he would say bruh a lot. Oh, a hundred percent. But I think we got him pretty good. I know I, we both got your team pretty good. Um, so let's move on to some predictions and bullshit. Uh, Got it. The Bengals are not good right now. Your Dolphins are very much. I mean, whether you guys have Fitzpatrick or Tua, you're gonna be fine for the time being. Yeah, it's it's very weird how our team has turned out this year because it's like it's the defense that's carrying us. Like, yeah. Like the offense has done enough. They've played pretty well. Um, but even with, like, because Chua, even when he's played, it hasn't been hurt. It's not, he's not putting up Herbert rookie numbers. You know, he's he, not, he's not good for 350 and four touchdowns a week. Like the game against like, the Rams, he only threw for 93 uh, yards because yeah, he didn't need to. Because the defense is so damn good. Two touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like, I, I love that. Like, like, while a dude is learning how to play in the NFL and, you know, coming back from a really serious injury, if our defense can just keep winning games, like, like the, the obviously the Jets aren't good. Oh, they're, yeah. they're, a, they're a really bad team. I think they're the worse Jets with Darnold than they are with Flacco. Yeah, but the Jets almost beat the Patriots, who still have an okay defense, you know? And they almost beat the, the Chargers, you know? kind of. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, so they held the three points and really shut them down, so... This could be a rough week for the Bengals if that defense shows up. Oh, yeah. And if, I mean, you're playing what seemed to be a third-string quarterback in Brandon Allen, who at best is a game manager. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is there to get them through the end of the year. Yes. And yeah. they signed, um, we lobbied for Colin Kaepernick because we're, we're, we want him to get a contract and we're that desperate. But we, uh, we signed Kevin Hogan instead. There's a name for you. Kevin Hogan. Oh, Isn't that boy. like Hulk Hogan's kid? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. But. <laughs> um, but yeah, it might be a rough one for the Bengals. I'm going to say uh, Dolphins 462, Bengals 7. That's, that's going to be some sort of record. Yes. Uh, my player of the game is going to be... Boomer Esiason. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to say 42 of 45 for 2,100 yards. One touchdown, three picks. Three picks? That's the three, uh, the three uh, incompletions for the yes. touchdowns. Right they had to have been run back to get to 462 yes. points. Yes, they uh, had to have been. All pick sixes, got it. Yes. Yeah, uh, Boomer, he's feast and famine. He, go, he goes big. Yes. He goes uh, what's your prediction? Um, my, my more, uh, slightly more realistic prediction. Yes. I think. Uh, I, I think the, I mean, I think the Dolphins should win this pretty handedly. Yes. Uh, I, I, I'm picking kind of like a 30 to 
14, 30 to 10, kind of in that ballpark. I'm thinking 27, 13 Dolphins. Yeah, I think it'll be in, in that zone, in that general area there. Um, I don't think um, they'll have to do too much. I think Fitzpatrick will play okay. I think the defense will shut him down where they just run the ball with their grocery bagger that they signed off the uh, <laughs> off the practice squad. Yeah. Whatever that might be. Um, my, my bold prediction, though, is that Fitzpatrick will get a rushing touchdown. And he'll do the icky shuffle afterwards. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. My bold prediction is that... Blizzard cancels the game. <laughs> Blizzard cancels the game. And, and, and Flipper freezes in his cage. Or in his, um, in his tank. Years with my Dolphins. For being your friend... As a Bengals fan, I hope you get a cancellation. <laughs> but I think it's going to be rough. Yes. Um, and, and, and I didn't think I would have a tough time in my life again where I would get to actually, as a Dolphins fan, be like, hey, buddy, I'm sorry. It's going to be rough playing the Dolphins this week. Yes. I didn't think that was ever going to be a sentence I got to say again. So and you would be like, the Dolphins are going to win handedly. That's not a phrase people normally say. Yeah, it feels dirty to say it. Like, I don't feel good about it. Like, it feels... I need a shower. You should afterwards. feel fine. Yeah, it just... I, I, I'm not used... Like, I, I... As a sports fan, I'm used to disappointment because I'm a lifelong Cubs fan. So, obviously, outside of that one year, we've got some... Re- one That one year of recent success, but 108 years is 108 years. Yes. <laughs> That's a long time. To you, failure. it was like, what, 35 years? What's that? To you, it was like, what, 35 years? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so with all that for being that long, that's a long ass time. Um, I'm a Dolphins fan, who you know a franchise is rough when you mention the Dolphins. The first player you still think of is someone who retired 25 years ago. Yep. That's a rough time. And I'm a Clippers fan. I was a Clippers fan before they were cool. Uh, okay. I became a Clippers fan. When I first moved out to L.A. in 2006, when the Lakers were really good. Because Lakers fans were obnoxious and ruining my open mics. So I became a Clippers <laughs> fan of a fight. So, and the Clippers, uh, obviously they're pretty decent now, but they're disappointing. Yes. <laughs> they underachieve. They had those fun, fun years with like Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. and Yeah. All right. The they couldn't even get to the finals is it absurd. Yeah, they were, uh, they were up for a while, weren't they? Were they up in a yeah. series? That's that's me as a sports fan. So uh, because the Dolphins should win handedly, they're probably going to lose by about three touchdowns this week. I like it. I mean, especially as a Bengals fan. And finally, I mean, I, first of all, Ryan, thank you so much. I know you're like a fucking busy dude, and thank you that's for popping on, man. Sure. This like this is a this is a cool ass thing. Um. So finally, plugs, man. What do you got? Plug your shit. Uh, Find me on the on the social medias. It's uh, at uh, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at CrippleThreat8. Um, I also uh, go to CrippleThreat.com. My my calendar is on there. Um, I am getting to do shows a little bit now. Um, Where it's are you gonna be? Obviously, I'm in uh, I'm in North Carolina this weekend at Raleigh at Good Night. Yep. Uh, later on this month. Um, in the middle of the month, I think it's the 15th and 16th, I'm at Zany's in Nashville. I was just in Nashville about a month ago, and that city is insane. 
Yes, it is. I don't think that COVID is high on their priority list of uh, It is not. Yeah, so, Holy shit, so it's be not. Interesting. Um, and then the 17th, I'm in Huntsville, Alabama at Stand Up Live. Yep. And then uh, December 26th and 27th, right after Christmas, I'm in Oklahoma City at Bricktown Comedy Club. So come join us uh, there if you're in the area, and don't spit in my mouth. That's all I ask. Do it. Go see Ryan. You're taking Dave, I'm assuming? Yes. Uh, for everywhere except for North Carolina. So he's coming with me everywhere else. But uh, Nice. North Carolina, I don't know who it'll be. Nice. Um, it'll be me twice. I'll be in a wig the first time. <laughs> and you'll be selling hot sauce. Exactly. It's gonna be very uncomfortable for you. Yes. Uh, I I don't have a whole lot of plugs. I mean, December twentieth, if shows are still going on, I'm gonna be headlining uh, at Wiley's for their Sunday showcase. Um, I'm doing Chameleon in Cincinnati on January 29th. I'm featuring for Billy DeVore, friend of the podcast. That's really all I have. Um, so we at the end of the podcast, we usually say "fuck you, Miami Dolphins." We like the Bengals. I'm not sure you want to say that. So I will just say it, and yeah, just... you can say that, and I'll take it sadly because it's. I haven't got to be optimistic about the Dolphins in literal decades. Please yes. let me have this. Don't I, take this. Yes. So Ryan, I think I only have one thing left to say. Fuck you, Miami Dolphins. We like the Bengals, and in Lloyd's absence, why, man? Fuck you. We like the Bengals.